1: G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast with your host Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the Farms Advice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Vice and let's get into this episode. This episode is a snippet from the financial bloke. Ben Law. He grew up on a beef and cropping property on the Liverpool Plains in northwest New South Wales. Some great soils up there. With his family still farming around the area, he's got a great understanding of business of farming and how business owners and farmers think. Just to marry that up alone is a great asset to have. And Ben is also a great asset to have now in the Farms Advice alumni and also within the community to pick his brains to see how that we can better financially plan our outlook as farmers both young and old starting earlier is the best thing to do but as an older farmer maybe you're looking for different avenues so maybe you might be able to pick a few things out of this episode and see what you can come up with but i'll let this episode speak for itself welcome jack mate great to be here cheers ben for the invite and good to be on the other end it's a little bit different to normal yeah
0: mate i'm looking forward to it don't worry Okay, where I'd like to start with is most people will know you from the Farms Advice podcast, and they'll have heard you on air, but I'd like to start right now with your personal or background story, mate, and then we'll come back to talking about the podcast once we get through that.
1: Yeah, mate, so it all started on a station, Analara. it was called, in between Wilkenya and Tilpa, like a really great place to grow up on the river there, the Darling, the Barker River, and back in the day when it was flowing a lot more, so it was to have your childhood there, grow up there and be taught all on farm. Mum was my nurse, teacher and also my mum as well. But dad was probably our escapee where we'd go mustering at lunchtime to get away from it all and run away from mum and her teaching. But it's landed me to where it is today. So pretty grateful for what they've done. Some pretty hard times out there as well, which is half the reason why we moved into Dubbo, which has been a good move, I think, for us as a family, but also for me and my brother, Matt and I, moving in.
0: And so you're on a, a sheep place, that's right?
1: Yeah, so we're still breeding sheep. Um, we've just changed over breed. So previously we were running Merino. So granddad and his dad, I believe, they started Merino out at Wilkenya. Not started, but for themselves. They got into Merinos as a breed and then they had the stud um, off that. But Dad, in the late 90s, changed over into White Dorper just to less sort of hassle. We had a lot of problems with shearers, attracting shearers and finding quality workers that actually wanted to stay out in the middle of what people would call nowhere or in the sticks.
0: Don't think much has changed these days, Jack. So now you went off to uni, you did some uni and then you went to London. You did marketing, didn't you, Jack?
1: Yeah. So I actually, initially I wanted to be a builder because all my mates were becoming builders or a tradie in town here. But dad thinking, what would be good for the farm, of course. So he sent me into the avenue of doing agribusiness and I chose marketing management as my major and I think it's opened my eyes to a whole new world, whether or not the content was relevant for what I'm doing, but I think the networking and who I've met through there, everyone seems to be from UNE who I've interviewed as well. So it's a great network there and I probably wouldn't have gone overseas if I didn't have that initial thought to go to uni. Mm.
0: I was very much the same. It was I did an agricultural economics degree, but it was pretty predominantly economics, and you know there wasn't all oh, that many practical skills that I learned, But it taught me to think. It gave me uh, a bigger vision of the world and the things I needed to learn, and that's what sort of led me to London as well. Now, starting a podcast, let alone making it successful, is far more complex and difficult than most people will ever understand. But you've actually managed to do it with the Farm Advice podcast while still working on the family farm. Now, my own experience with the Financial Bloke podcast taught me that you have to have a really strong reason for doing it, or what I like to call the why, to commit both the time and money or invest the time and money that's required to get it up and running, but also to the stamina to stay the course. So can you sort of unpack me, about how the podcast came about and, you know, what is actually your why or your drive for doing the podcast?
1: So it's, the story sort of began right after uni, a very slow process. of I created a Facebook group and I wanted to connect with mates from all across Australia and they're all from different farming regions, whether they just want to chat about the next party coming up or they want to chat about farming or something. I mean, that grew pretty quickly. I was like, oh, right, I was, so... I might turn it into my marketing baby so I can challenge myself and actually do something after uni rather than just go back and keep farming on the family farm and eventuated into a blog. Fast forward into COVID times in London, lost the job and I was looking for a way to better connect with Australian agriculture other than blogs and through the power of a podcast platform you can access more people, but also I didn't really need to travel back to Australia because I couldn't actually get into the country at the time due to COVID. And that's the story of how it all started. But the passion of trying to stay connected within agriculture, being 15,000 miles away and being able to still connect with those but also share the story for those very first episodes. They were a bit jumpy, but they got the job done.
0: And it is a little bit rough rough to start, isn't it? Because it's not a skill that, you you know, you didn't go to university or or do an apprenticeship as a radio jockey or something like that, did you? You're basically having a conversation with people about something that interests you and hopefully interests other people.
1: Yeah, 100%. That's what makes it so much easier. Like with you and I, we both have a commonality there of what we love to talk about and what we're trying to improve and the alignment there. So, it makes it so much easier. But Those initial episodes, you just need to get out of the way. Like a lot of things that you do for on farm or to do with your financials, you just need to take that first step. Make a move. It may not be your best move. But you can only go up from there and improve from your first decision.
0: Now I'm going to cheat a little bit here, Jack. I read your article. You were featured on the front of the land a couple of weeks ago in New South Wales, which is a pretty no mean feat to get that to happen. And a couple of the things that I read in there that sort of struck me, I suppose, for for your reasons for doing it was one was I think you said that you wanted to capture the knowledge that's lost as the older and more experienced generations die, and you sort yeah. of mentioned your grandfather. That's obviously something that I'm fairly passionate about in in my side, the financial side, but that's obviously a drive from your grandfather. Is that right?
1: Yeah, so he passed away when I was in England. He wanted me to travel and do everything I could possibly do. But like that information he passed on to me, how it might be useful for others in the community on farm, whether it be from that region or you can take it and use it in your own scenario. But it's also... Now I'm back in Australia, I'm learning off my old man trying to and hopefully he learns a bit off me as well from what I brought back. I think it's like it's a huge thing, this gap not only in the transfer of assets going to happen but the transfer of knowledge needs to be passed on as well for farmers getting out of the game or if they're passing it on to their children as well. The kids just don't come on and know everything instantly but if we have evergreen content, that doesn't need to be kept up to date. It's not dictating livestock markets or what your grain trading is, but you can take one element out of this and go, oh, okay, so yeah, it's opened up a new path or I was doing this a little bit different to what old mates been doing it for 50 years. I'm just a 28-year-old, so if we can incorporate a community to shift the knowledge and pass on the farm's advice, it doesn't have to be on my episodes. It can just be out in the open just trying to, push people into passing on some information to the younger fellas, but also to those new entrants into farming.
0: And also I think another point you made in there, Jack, which is really relevant, mate, was the fact that you said, you know, you wanted to be exposed to more cutting edge technology. So just being out on the farm, you're never going to come across all that innovation or technology. So by being able to interview and talk to people that are either exposed to that regularly because they're inventing it or working with it or people that have trialled it back on their place, that seemed to be another strong reason for you to get out there to be able to do things better than were done in the past.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a great avenue to do it in some ways and can be looked as as selfish to try to find it out. But there's so many people in my position right across Australia that are probably looking for the exact same thing. So I'm receiving that information, but so are probably a thousand other people that listen into that one episode. Whether or not they want to adopt it is another thing, but Adopt and adapt is something I threw around early stages to adopt a piece of technology or a new technique, adapt to it. If it doesn't work for you, you don't actually have to take it up. But as long as you've tried that out and seen if it's worked for your farm or your agribusiness as such, we'll go a long way into steering you into the technology that will really work with what you're trying to do on farm.
0: Mm. And it's interesting. Uh, a lot of businesses have come about and become extremely successful when they're scratching an itch. So, yes. it's something they've looked for themselves out in the marketplace. And I remember my wife came across one a few years ago, which was with nothing to do with ag, but it was a really interesting one is there was a, a young, uh, she was Indian of Indian descent, and she wanted hair extensions for some reason. And I can't remember what it was. And she figured out she couldn't buy hair extensions these human hair hair extensions. And she managed to set up a business selling those and turned it from zero to a couple of million dollar business in a few years. And it was because she found an area that she wanted to know. And I get the sense from when we've talked, Jack, that you could see sitting back on the farm, you're not out there researching and talking to people. You're, you're more isolated than people that live in town. The, the innovation and information doesn't flow necessarily. And so by being to, able to interview people, you're able to get access to all that information and then share it with everyone else. And that was your itch you had to scratch is that right
1: yeah so it's anyone can tap into the information that's coming across from these experts in the field so ag tech whether it be livestock broadacre horticulture or agriculture like i'm trying to get the most diverse sort of techniques and technologies onto the podcast to let people know what they're doing and it's not charging the business at all for the podcast i wish it probably was all the time but to have this free platform where you can go to and have it as a resource, not the only resource, but just as one resource in your toolbox that you can use and go, I didn't even know about this piece of technology, which most of them on there I have known, but there's a few sneaking through the gaps there that I didn't really know prior to reaching out, whether I saw them on Twitter, in the land, in the weekly, whatever means I got their contact details. It's just great to be able to find out and see what they're trying to do for the industry bolster them as a business, but also to bolster the farmers to become more efficient and productive and not to work harder every day. Farmers are not all about working 24-7.
0: Well, I, I spent 20 years in the financial advice game with farmers and graziers, and what I found was to be successful in the past, it was a lot about working hard. And I think yeah. nowadays, that's no longer enough. Being good operationally is part of the secret to success, but you've got to be a smart business person because you're no longer a farmer or a grazier, you're in the business of agribusiness. And I think that's what your podcast, I've noticed when listening and, and researching was is all about saying, okay, well- you know, most people want to be good farmers or grazers or business owners, whether you've got a yeah. tie manufacturing business or a corner store, you want to be good at that, but you've also got to be good at all those other things. And... Life is busy and being able to jump in a car and go to a workshop or a field day or go to uni or do courses online is really, really hard. Whereas I look at it and go, well, if you could spend an hour or half an hour listening to someone um, and learning, that's a great use of your time and it's so much more efficient. That's what I sort of got. So, okay, you've obviously interviewed almost 100 people now. Now listening to a podcast is an investment of time. I mean my my wife laughs and calls herself a podcast widow because I I'm <laughs> an avid yeah. consumer of podcasts. I love them. I love educating myself. It's one of my passions. But why do you think people should make the investment of time?
1: I think firstly for podcasting it's an on the go platform which works really well for agriculture. You can listen when you're in the tractor going into town, picking up the dog food, the groceries. But I think having that investment of time and setting aside for half an hour, 15 minutes a day to knock off a podcast, I think you don't really get that value until you've actually laid out your investment into having some time to yourself to update yourself with new information, ways of doing things, whether you want to improve your financials. There's different pockets of information everywhere. So you can just dive in here, listen to financial, the financial bloke to come up to scratch with that. And your time, your invested time there will be compounding. As the great Warren Buffett said, everything's snowballing. So if you invest your time wisely, I think that's just going to snowball your information and your knowledge, whether you want to improve your farm, your mind, your body, overall as a farmer, we need to look after ourselves a little bit more. And I think if we do this, that time will actually go to help the externals of the farm, farming, agriculture in general. So we want to attract the best out there. We've got development opportunities right across ag tech as well. So it's not just, as I say to everyone, it's not picking potatoes, marking lambs um, all day, every day. There's some diversity to it as well. So that investment of time as an individual will really go a long way in helping you. I'm only 28 now, so if I've started this now, like I'm just waiting to see like what I've done by the time I'm 50 or something uh, and over 25 years of compounding should be pretty good. Pays off, Mm -hmm. I hope.
0: It does, yeah. And I look at I've been avidly consuming podcasts and from a carefully curated bunch of podcasts because you've got to be careful who you listen to. Yeah. And I'd say I'm a completely different person to what I was five years ago. And that's because I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts I've, and I'm not saying that when I listen to podcasts, I take everything everyone says verbatim and implement it, but I managed to take it in, digest it, and then start making better decisions. And there's a couple of points I think are really important too is I think we have to be really careful who we listen to. And I think that's really important. And I saw a quote a while ago, um, It's something along the lines of, tell me who you listen to or surround yourself with and I'll tell you who you'll become. And I think that's a really important thing, especially for parents to listen to. And if I look at what's on the radio these days or on the news, it, that sort of stuff that you listen to all the time is rotting your brain. It's not doing yeah. you any good. And so if you're sitting in the tractor listening to the radio and and the mind-numbing stuff that's on there or watching the news, you might as well sit down and listen to a podcast where you can actually learn and find something you're interested in. And I think these days, I think it's the the greatest opportunity for the ag industry in history because the ag industry is probably one of the only industries out there that has the time to do this. And they have what I call net time, no extra time. So, when you're sitting in a tractor, sitting on a horse, driving into town, all those sorts of things, you've got time to listen. And so, I think that use that time to improve yourself and do better. And also too, I think, Jack, is never before in history have you been able to pick out your phone open it up the podcast app or whatever you listen to on, and you've got access to, I think there's 750,000 active podcasts around the world on any topic. And so you can get access to people that before you would have had to have paid five, 10, 20, $50,000 to go along to their workshops or their educational things. And you've now got access for free. And I just look at it and go, wow, if you could go through and find those and start listening to those every week. I mean, imagine, like you said, that compounding impact 5, 10, 15 years ago, I just think the opportunities are absolutely exponential for people to do well. But with a dirty great big caveat, you've got to be really careful what you listen to because there is a lot of crap out there and there's a lot of negative stuff and a lot of sensationalised stuff. You've got to be careful who you listen to and how much you listen to of it.
1: Yeah, definitely, I agree. I think agriculture is pretty good at picking out the crap in there, but as long as you try it out, whether it's a podcast technology or something, you can really just see what's working for you keep your resources to a group don't expand it too far otherwise you'll be running like a headless chalk around the around the farm trying to catch up with yourself but if you choose your resources and stick to those I think you're gonna like go much further into your farm and building up your agribusiness as I like to try push people into yeah running a business and you're trying to make an impact there but also the goal is to have more freedom as farmers. You want to do stuff with your family, go to the beach. Everyone builds this up as within farming, what's a holiday or whatever. I put a TikTok up, I was on holidays. And then people say, what's a holiday? Just giving it to me just because I was on holiday, but farmers deserve a holiday as well. So it's the greater outlook of what farms advice and everyone else in the industry is trying to achieve, I think.
0: Yeah, yep. And I think being able to listen to people that have a different point of view is really helpful and valuable as well because the people that you're surrounded with on a daily basis, you know, you want to hear different ideas, different stories, and to be able to prove things to you that certain things are are possible, like holidays, for example. And as a financial yep. advisor, I used to bang on about two things was one is off farm investing you know, it doesn't matter what happens, you always should be off-farm investing. It's critical to to many aspects. Even, even if you can't afford much, just do some. And the second one is, is that you need to take a break and you do need to go on holidays each year. And, you know, most people scoff and laugh, but you have to, to recharge yourself. And that's true whether you're a, you're a doctor, whether you've got a tie business, a service station, a farm, you need to get that time off and, and start to think outside. And you also need time out of the business. So, I had a business coach for many years and he used to always bang on about you need to spend time in the business. So, in other words, you need to be out marking lambs, planting crops, all that sort of stuff, but it's just as important to spend time on the business and strategically plan what's going on in the business and what's the innovation and am I doing a good job and am I achieving what I want to do? And working on the business can also be about the family business. So in other words, educating your kids, talking to your kids, educating yourself. So bettering yourself, learning more, building your mental resilience. And I think all those things can tie into a podcast because you could be listening to Jack this week on the Farms Advice podcast, and then you could be listening to someone next week on how to deal with your kids. And the psychology of dealing with kids, or it could be the financial bloke about money, or it could be someone just a hobby you might have. You know, you might want to—I don't know—get into leather work, or you might want to be doing millinery and making hats. You know, you can find that stuff in podcasts and online. It's such a, a fantastic world to get into.
1: Yeah, it's amazing what you can find out there. But keeping it diverse, as diverse farming is, is really important. So we had a couple of episodes earlier on in the year about keeping healthy. As a farmer, people might diss that as content and not really think it applies to them. But if we're not a healthy industry, we're not going to attract everyone that we need and want. Um, But also, if you're fitter and feeling healthier, then the last year you, you're going to be doing a lot better in your business. You might not be so cranky. It just, the flow on effect is pretty surreal once you actually start to look at it and it's probably only because I've stepped away. I went to Europe for three, nearly four years um, that I've actually learned that from other industries and taken little bits and bringing it back into Aussie Ag. Yeah.
0: And that's the value of learning if you can go off farm, but some people don't have the value, the opportunity to do that. So listening to podcasts from people that have that, I suppose you'd say perspective or experience, you can actually learn from what they've learned, can't you?
1: Yeah, definitely. You can live through what others are doing and keep up to date through whether it be a podcast, a book that's just come out. There's a few good ones lately within agriculture that are like mind-changing and coming up to a lot of change in agriculture with technology, transfer of assets, which you are pretty familiar with, coming through succession and everything like that. Um, there's a lot of things happening in agriculture and you just don't want to really lose yourself at the moment. So keeping a steady head um, on your shoulders and moving through and not taking huge leaps with your farming, but just making those one percenters each day and every day. And you'll start to really see if you say this is where I am January 1st, 2022, and then you look to see where we are in 23 and 24, it will go a long way. Yeah,
0: for sure. And it's interesting, Jack, you know, this this is the perspective of spending 20 years doing what I did is I used to find that when I'd sit down with my clients every year, you know, we'd, some clients would be multiple times, but some it was just once a year and we'd sit down and we look at things and you'd look at where they're at and people were always looking forward going, oh yeah, but I've done well, but I need to do better. And my focus always in, yep, we need to do better. We need to be focusing on getting better. We need to focus on where we're trying to get to, but there's some real value also in looking back. So, you know, having a look back where you've come from and I use the analogy, I used to tell the story about when I was young and someone chipped me on this once, it's a funny story, but, and you'd go get chucked on the tractor to, to farm the paddock and you'd have the vehicle parked on the side and then you'd go round around the paddock and you'd, Be across the plane by the end of the day, and then you'd have to walk back, and you'd get in there and you'd start walking back towards the vehicle, and you'd be walking for ages and thinking, "Oh, geez, the car doesn't look to have got any closer." And then you turn around and look back at the tractor, and it was not miles, but it was a bloody long way back. And it wasn't until you turned around and looked back at that tractor that you actually went, "Geez, I've actually come a fair way. I've still got a lot to go, but I've come a fair way." And I think that's really important in business is to be able to keep focusing on the future, but also take that bit of time to actually look back and see how far you've come. And you will, if you do the right things and you focus on the right objective and make those 1% improvements, as you said, the compound of that over time will be fantastic. Today's podcast is brought to you by me, The Financial Bloke. We're working really hard on the show and it'd be awesome if you could help me out by sharing this podcast with your family and friends, liking us on the socials, or even giving us a five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, or whatever service you're listening on right now. It also couldn't hurt to show your mum and dad or partner how to listen to my podcast in the tractor, in the car, or even the truck. For any of you who are serious about building your wealth, come and join me in the private Financial Bloke Facebook group and become part of the Wealth and Wisdom tribe. Now, let's get back to the good stuff. Now, Jack, mate, you've got the double bunger here. You've got not only you're listening to all these hundred people so far – that are doing great things and you're getting to pick their brains and hear their information. So you're not only a listener of the podcast, you're an interviewer. How's it changed you, mate? And I'd like to take this for in, in three parts. The first part is, is, how's it changed you as a son coming back onto the farm? How's it changed you as, a, I suppose, an ag producer? And how's it changed you as a part of the rural community as a whole? Now, I'm happy if you just talk about all three or I can come back and touch on each three, all three, but I'd love to get your perspective on how it's changed you because I think that's what listeners are going to get.
1: Yeah, mate. For the episodes I've done, I think it's up to 94 now, changed me drastically, which like unknowingly and unneeding to change at the time, but like just suddenly changing over time with what people – have told me either on the show or just like on the outside of the show, sometimes the best information unfortunately comes after we've stopped recording, which you really want to go back and record that and give it to everyone else because I don't know why, but as soon as the off, the good stuff starts to roll. But like as a son, I think coming back and really trying to show what we're doing as our individual family farming as well, but also – what we can do in the future and I hope like the things that we've learned from the podcast, what I've learned from the podcast and what other people have shown me can really start to move those one percenters. and we're trialling new techniques and technologies that I've heard or people have told me on the outside of the episodes on the podcast. So that's with Sun and trying to really improve our family farming business and see where we can go from here. We're probably in the stage of, Dad's slowing down a little bit and myself and my brother probably need to pick up the reins and dive into what everything's happening from financials to how Dad's mind works around his genetics for our stud and everything like that. And it's also the information I want to showcase on the podcast just so people can get a glimpse that it's actually running on farm as a farmer-led podcast and how it's actually benefiting us. But actually that benefit rolls into the other family farmers that have a 20-year-old person looking to take the farm over in the next 5 to 10 years full-time. So finding that template within my guess has been what I'm trying to find but also naturally it rolls off and people can peel off what they want to listen to, what they don't want to listen to. Take one element from each episode and it will go a long way and I reckon I've taken about three takeaways from each episode All different thinking, some I don't agree with, that I would run on my own farm, but someone else out there would have run it on their own farm. So it's probably, as a family farm, how I've improved as a son and what what were the other two now we're rambling on.
0: No, that's okay. That's okay. So as a producer, I suppose that's probably answered both of those for as a son and a producer. You know, you've you've innovated, you, you're hearing new technologies, you're thinking more like a business person um, and you're probably getting, uh, it's probably better for the family business, all the information that you're learning. And the next one was as a part of the, I suppose you'd say the larger rural community or the business community.
1: Yeah. So there's so many issues, challenges for us young farmers around my age to navigate And also with the big change coming where transfer of assets is going to happen, succession, people losing out of farming, but also there's a lot of people coming into farming. So I think as farms advice, looking after the internals, making sure the farmers are fit and healthy both in business and life and trying to develop themselves. We can actually try, move our individual needle optimise what we do on farm. We don't actually have to scale out and buy 10,000 more acres. If we optimise and then buy 10,000 more acres, that's much better off for the industry, for consumers, that they probably, that may reduce the price of food as we each farm's able to produce more. Um, that's not saying it will do, but if we are able to, as farmers, improve 1% as overall, the industry is going to really benefit and it won't be down to one piece of information, the resource of farm advice is or others out there. It's the farmers themselves picking these pieces of information that will really move the industry and what they want to do with themselves. They can diss something or say this is not going to work, but we're all moving into new ways of doing things from traditional to digital technology and new techniques. Traditional techniques as well are coming back in to regenerative agriculture types, but like to move that needle for your farm, for your industry, your sector is pretty important. But it's also empowering. For myself, from a Farms Wise podcast perspective,
0: there's three levels of information, I suppose, or knowledge that I've always talked about over the years, Jack, that I came to realize, and this was part of listening to podcasts and and spending 20 years, what I was doing and life experience, et cetera. I believe the first level is information and information is everywhere. You can get on the internet, you can Google, there's heaps of information, but you don't know what to do with it. And I used to find that in financial advice. I'd say to people, everything I do in financial advice, you can Google it and find out the answer. You just got to be tenacious enough and know how to do it. But Then the next level is basically knowledge, So, you take that information and you transfer that into actual knowledge. So, you know what the information means and then you can actually implement it or use it. And then the top level is wisdom. And that's the wisdom to know that I've got this information, I've got the knowledge. And and to get from knowledge to to wisdom, you actually need experience. And so, information to knowledge is education and then knowledge to wisdom is experience. And I get the sense with you, Jack, with the the podcast, what you're trying to do is you're saying, look, there's all this bloody information out here all over the place. I'm hearing it, I'm seeing it, but I'm not seeing it in one place. So, you're trying to interview all the different people to be able to change all that information to hear some knowledge and then leverage off the people you're interviewing, their experience and then and their, their wisdom to be able to go, okay, well, let's try and shortcut uh, getting people from that There's information out there to the knowledge, to the wisdom to be able to implement it. And then if you compound that right across the agricultural industry, well, that's going to have major effects, not only on the industry itself as a production business, but also the families attached. And that'll improve things both now and also intergenerationally. And I think that's what we would call mentorship. Or, you know, in previous years or previous time, shall I say, people would have a grandfather that helped them do that or a mentor of some description that would help them do that. And I get the sense of that's what you're trying to do in the podcast is trying to to develop that wisdom in people for them to be able to go away, collect all the information and then make good choices going forward.
1: Yeah, I think actually taking that information and implementing, taking action on what it is. I see like all the 94 guests I've had on to be mentors for me and how it shapes the new age of Australian agriculture. And I think, like, as a listener, you can take them away and think of them as your mentor as you continue to listen to them, um, but just making that consistency with who you listen to and who you get your information from is pretty important when you're looking to really upgrade yourself and make a move in the next couple of years for that. and. Like listening to podcasts is probably the only shortcut you want to take in agriculture. There's not too many shortcuts you can take that won't impact your outlook further down the track in a bad way. So if you listen to the information that and hear the mistakes of what others may have done, the challenges they've been through or the success they had, that is a great shortcut to success as a farmer to listen to others out there.
0: And traditionally, you can't do that. You can't find mentors or people to be able to do that for you because it's if there's a thousand people want to mentor on, I don't know, how to grow the best cotton crops, for example, it's very hard to go find a a farmer or another cotton farmer that would mentor them in that. So, being able to listen to podcasts, you're getting access to all these different people in all the different lives that will mentor you. It's not a personal one-on-one relationship, but you're still getting all the value out of the scenario, which I think is amazing. So, okay, Jack, well, mate, being successful in business is not about the best production skills, which which we talked about. It's about innovation and then, you know, developing the wisdom to make good choices, but it's also about business skills and having the right mindset. So what I'd like to do when I ask you to prepare for this question, so I'll be interested to see what the answers are, but what are three things, uh, concepts or principles or bits of wisdom that you've learnt and implemented from the podcast that you wouldn't have done if you hadn't have, you know, started the, the podcast?
1: I think, number one, make quick decisions. Don't faff around on what the outcome will be of it too much. You can learn from that decision, but don't um and r ah on what you're doing as a farmer. Don't take that day to make that decision. Make a quick, snappy decision and let it play out and see how it rolls you there. And your gut instinct will probably come into play there and see, see where it really takes you. And then I think if you can make quicker and better decisions... You'll start to learn a lot quicker for that and implementing technology into your farm. It's not an overnight success for it. You can start into it slow for your farm, for yourself to start implementing ways of going about it. You don't want to just go straight into something completely new for your farming operation and be scared off from that.
0: When you say technology, do you mean as in electronic technology, so that sort of technology, or you're talking also about new techniques and ways of doing things better?
1: Yeah, techniques and technologies for that, like ag tech, but also techniques that others are using out there in different regions that you've heard of and now you're an early adopter of that technique. Don't just go straight into it. Slowly apply yourself into that technique, technology, because we don't want to be scared away from the good practices. And if you are, you, you're less likely to have a tail between your legs and you'll run away from that, and that's not what we want in agriculture.
0: Excellent. So that's number two, and what's the last one?
1: Number three would be applying yourself into any situation as the podcast. I've become a yes person into doing and seeing new opportunities. I think these opportunity gaps for anyone in industry as we go for a huge shift onto digital agriculture whether that be you're having a website social media for your farm showcasing that awareness increasing the attraction to Australian agriculture but also to your individual farm I think if you're a yes person you're going to do a little bit more but you'll also meet people out there as well so if I didn't say yes to coming onto a podcast I probably wouldn't have met you, Ben, and seeing what you do and how it can help my network. So you're probably within the Farns Advice alumni community now, but also I'm a part of yours as well. So that's really important. So you can network and learn off new people that you wouldn't have even thought of. So if I didn't start the podcast, I wouldn't have met you or the other 94 people I've interviewed.
0: Mm. And you've now got 94 extra friends.
1: Yeah. It works well, and they're right across Australia. So if we ever go on a trip, they're dabbled everywhere. Mm.
0: But also, two, if you've ever got a problem or you've ever got a challenge or an opportunity, you've got a great network to, te- to tap into. So if I turn that around, Jack, that's really interesting because if I turn those three things around, which was make quick decisions, so yeah. analyse all the data and make quick decisions, number two is invest in tech and uh, new techniques to do better, and the last one was say yes to opportunities. Be more more inclined to say yes than no. I mean, obviously, you've got to be careful with your time. You can't say yes to everything, but say yes to opportunities because you don't know where they'll lead. So if I look at that from a, your listener's point of view, is the first one is, is well, they get to listen to people and get two or three takeaways out of each episode. And if they pick an episode and then they can go away and implement even one or two of those things or at least get some ideas from it, yep. that's good. Act quick. Number two is you're obviously interviewing people that have got knowledge and tech and and better techniques, so they can take that away. And number three is they're getting to listen to people that are saying yes a lot. And so, you know, the people you're interviewing are people that are saying yes to opportunities and pushing and doing better, and so they're surrounding themselves with people that have that mindset. So by, you know, you're soaking up that positive yes vibe, shall I say. Um, So I think your listeners get exactly the same. Mate, I think there's three things that I look at that I've probably got over time is one is to think bigger, that was the one thing that, that I started with, was think bigger about the world. Um, and you're seeing that more and more in the ag space now where I saw one the other day. I think it's Four Daughters Beef. They're branding their beef themselves and building a great brand out there, which is just amazing. Make mistakes. you know. Realizing and listening to really top-end operators is that they make mistakes all the time. And if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. Like you have to make mistakes, and that was a big change for me because I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and I I, I believe the harder I work, the luckier I get. But I had I had to accept that making mistakes was all part of the process, and to to embrace it. And the third one is is you've really got to understand what your why is. So what's your why for saying yes? That's a good so one. So if you say yes to an opportunity, what's the reason? And because if you don't have a really strong reason, you're going to run out of puff pretty quick, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I think like. It gets to a stage where you know when to start to say no. Running the podcast for a couple of years, I've learnt that as well. Sometimes you think it would have been a great opportunity, whatever it may be, but you've got to stick with your decision and go down that track and maybe if it is good for you, you'll come back around in some way or another. And finding your why, it, you don't start with it. You start with making progress and then you start to find your why throughout the many episodes you do, chapters in your life or whatever how it can really enhance mm-hmm. what you're doing. You might not know your why until you're 80, but you got there in the end and you made those steps to be able to get there. Um, but, of course, if you do know your why very early on, what you want to do, what you're passionate about, and where you want to put your focus into, that's really powerful as well. I think I've got that at the moment.
0: Yeah, you can see that in spades, Jack. That's why you're doing it and that's why you've you've invested the time and money when there's probably plenty of other things to be done on the farm and, and outside of the farm. Just on that, that why thing, Jack, it's interesting, and I'll just tie this back, why I think that's – why your why is so important is back yep. in financial advice, what I used to find was – I used to spend a lot of time with people figuring out their why for off-farm investing. This is just an example. There was multiple other things we had to work on, but the, the off-farm investing. Because what happens is, is, if you don't have a really strong reason for something, the first punch in the face you get, you're going to give up or you're going to gonna you know almost give up and lose your steam. And when you've got a really strong why, you keep going with it. And I can see that in you. You've got that really strong why. And so I used to talk to people and say, well- you know, we've got your off-farm investments A droughts hit. Oh, you know, that's the punch in the face. We can, Our farm investments are going to have to be sold or we're not going to be able to add to them. And I'd say, well, you really got to keep focusing on this. You've got a strong why because the plan is, is if you want a succession plan this business, this farming business to your kids, you've got to have those off-farm assets. Yep. So your why is really strong. And they come back to the table and say, yep, we can't just drop this. We've got to keep going regardless of how hard it is. And I can see in you, Jack, and I think if you don't mind, I'd like to articulate from my point of view what I see, but what I see is uh, a young fella and I'm 44, so anyone younger than, sorry, 45 last week. Jeez, that's a fraudulent slip, isn't it? I'm 45. Anyone younger than 45 is a young fella now, but you're, you're a young fella in the industry that's passionate about learning and you want to basically learn as much as you can, but you want to share that. And I can see that the, and it comes from the podcast, you're wanting to share as much information with the community because you can see that people are screaming out to do better, to learn better. And you can see that and it comes from the podcast. So that's great, mate. And that gives you the the impetus to, to keep going. So I just want to say congratulations. A 100 episodes is a big deal. For l- people listening right now, I know how big a deal it is. And it's it, not just in the ag sector, but all around the world, there's not many people that get to 100 podcasts. They usually give up well before then. So, mate, congratulations. You're doing a great job. Where can people find you online, Jack, other than Googling the Farms Advice podcast? Where's the best place for, for them to go? And I will uh, put these in the show notes.
1: You can go. Uh, we're most active on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram probably. But if you're just at Farms Advice, you'll be able to find us on all platforms. Luckily for us, no one actually wanted to do any Farms Advice before us. So it's all free running.
0: Perfect. Well, I'll put those in the in the show notes. And the last question I like to always ask everyone, Jack, is what's your definition of true wealth?
1: True wealth is being happy and having the time and freedom to do whatever you want when you wake up in the morning. That may be going to work or it may be having that first couple of hours to read a book, have a coffee in some peace, if it's on a beach or in a remote farm, wherever you're happy with yourself, but you can have the time to do what you want. Not all the time, but every now and then as a farmer anyway.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. And I think I heard Richard Branson say one day, and I'm going to butcher this, Jack, so bear with me, was something along the lines of entrepreneurs will do the things today that nobody else will do so that they can do the things in the future that nobody else is able to be done, what no one else is able to do. Yeah, I think that's right. Anyhow, so basically you're working your guts out now and moving the chess pieces and getting better and you're doing the things that sometimes no one else will do to be able to in the future do what everyone else can't.
1: Yeah, absolutely. People will speak about that it's a lonely road. It can be that you're isolated either on farm but like in your ideas and what you're doing. But there's definitely someone out there chasing the same goal as what you are. You just need to search for it.
0: Yep, and a podcast is a great place to start. Fantastic, Jack. Mate, I really appreciate this. I think you're doing a great job. Uh, I'm very, very grateful to be part of the Farms Advice Alumni and uh, welcome you to the Financial Bloke Alumni. And yeah, look forward to what else you can do, mate. You're 28, you got a lot of miles left on the tyres. So I'll be very interested to see where you are when you're 50.
1: 100%, mate. Pretty excited to see where it takes me, but also to connect with more people just like you and tap into some financial advice.
0: So that was a really great episode and Jack, as you can tell, is a really top bloke who wants to make a difference in the world. Now, a couple of takeaways before we go, and I think these are really relevant whether you're a farmer or not. And the first thing is, is how much time do we waste listening to rubbish on the radio or in or on the news? You know, why not invest some time to improve yourself rather than just sit there listening some inane rubbish that rots your brain? I listen to podcasts in the car and also mowing the lawn, but be very careful who you listen to. You need to curate your list if you're going to listen uh, and find the right people and the right episodes to listen to. Number two, don't just read or listen to people that agree with you or only things you're interested in. Expand your viewpoint. I've learned some of the best things ever listening to episodes of podcasts, you know, general podcasts I listen to. I've saw episodes that I've gone, oh, that doesn't interest me. I won't listen. And I found myself listening to them. And um, I've learned far more out of those episodes sometimes because it's expanded my view into another area. And then I've learned lessons out of that that I've been able to bring back into something I'm interested in. So don't just ever find a podcast and then go, oh, that podcast episode won't be for me. You know, you just never know what you'll find in there. Number three, if you find a good podcast, share it with your friends. There are lots out there now, you know, and so it's a lot to sift through and find the good ones. I believe the Farms Advice podcast is one of those, so check it out and share it with your friends.
1: If you're looking for more financial guidance within your financials, agriculture, on farm, then make sure you tune in to Ben Law every fortnight on the Financial Bloke podcast. You know what to do like comment and subscribe to the financial bloke and the farm advice podcast to get a great combination of farm advice through the different segments with the financial bloke going deep into financials and hopefully the farm advice podcast helping out to improve your overall outlook on farm and for everyone else keep on farming Thank you for tuning in to the Farms Advice podcast. It is produced by Advert Digital, the agribusiness marketing specialist. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more information on this episode and the others before and spread the Farms Advice. If you love this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as it helps other farmers find us too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farms Advice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country for Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.